Welcome to Podcasts, recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. We have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the Online tab. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its video podcast, you can donate online at cslportland.org slash donate. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living. Thank you. It's wonderful to see you all, and thank you for those of you online. Thanks for being here today. You made it. You're on time. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good, pretty good. Um, our theme this month uh, is cultivating authenticity, the theme from uh, Centers for Spiritual Living. And uh, we're using the book this month, The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown, which is a fabulous book uh, with so much information in here. And her definition of authenticity is, Authenticity is the daily practice of letting go of who we think we're supposed to be and embracing who we are. So it's that letting go of who we think we are, we're supposed to be, and then just embrace who we are right now. And it's not about becoming something else, but releasing those, those blocks, those things that keep us from being ourselves. And so it engages us in practice to keep looking within and paying attention. And so, you know, I've thought about it. We come into the world as, as uh, children, as babies, as, as new, new beings with willingness and an openness and availability and being authentic. And then the world starts to tell us, give us information and mold us, right? Um, we're told to be seen and not heard. Do what you're told. Do what I say, not what I do. <laughs> and then all those things that, that happen. And children, but trying to, to manage children is something else, right? And so there was a couple, had two little boys, nine, ages nine and 10, and these boys were mischievous beyond. They were always getting into trouble. And the parents were beyond themselves. They didn't know what to do. And the mom found out that the pastor had a special way of disciplining children. And so she talked it over with her husband and said, let's take them, let's take them to the church. So they took them to, to the church and the first little boy went in and he's in the pastor's office and the pastor is sitting behind this big wooden desk in the big chair and the little boy sat in a big chair and the pastor leaned over the desk and he said, where's God? The little boy just sat there. He didn't know what to say. And the pastor said it again. Where's God? And now the little boy is just frightened and he's really not, not doesn't have any clue what, what to do. And this, the third time, the 
pastor just bellowed, where's God? The little boy jumped up and he ran out the door and he ran down the hall and he said, Kevin, run quick, God's missing and they're blaming us. (laughs) I don't know if that technique worked so well for that pastor. But we all wear masks at one time or another, right? Masks, not the COVID masks. We're talking about the masks. Now, the COVID mask, i tell you a secret. I'll have a little confession here. On those days when I don't do hair and makeup, I wear the COVID mask to the store. A hat, a hat on, COVID mask, nobody knows, right? Yeah. We're talking about those other masks, those appearances that we are, the, w- the way that we are in the world. Sometimes we, we hide ourselves because we feel threatened. And you may have felt that if you've been in a group that you're not familiar with and you're not sure what to do. I, I often go to public places and I meet new people and I feel awkward. Uh, people say, what do you do? Everyone wants to know, what do you do? And I learned from all these years of saying, well, I'm a minister. I stopped saying that because as soon as I say that, they start telling me their confession. (laughs) And they start telling me why they don't go to church anymore. Well, I stopped going to church in 95. It's like, okay, you can do whatever you want. But, But sometimes we have that place that we don't feel just in ourselves, and so we put up a mask. We put up something to um, protect ourselves, and it's really a place of protection. But, and, and in elementary school, um, I learned in elementary school, that's where, and that's where we start, right? About starting to protect ourselves and starting to put up that shield. Uh, we were doing cursive writing. So, okay, right there, you can know how old I am. So, you know those days, who knows cursive writing? Okay, somebody in here knows cursive writing. Yeah, okay, okay. Um, we were doing cursive writing, and the teacher was walking around, and she saw my, what I was doing, and she said, what are you doing? And I said, our assignment. She said, you went ahead. And I said, yeah, I finished. And I went ahead. And she goes, you're not supposed to go ahead. You're not supposed to move ahead of the class. And so right there, I felt I was a bad person, right? So I like took a step back. Okay, I'm not going to express myself. I'm not going to look ahead or advance myself. That's where we made those decisions, and they stay with us to this day. So we start to put up the walls. We start to put up the masks. And we learn that we better follow the rules, right? Let's follow the rules. So there's three points that we want to make when we're looking at this, about this point of view of wearing masks. And the first one is, when we wear masks, we keep a part of ourselves hidden that deserves to shine, right? So that's what I was doing. I was this little girl wanting to shine, and I was hiding. And so there's so many reasons 
we hide. We want to be liked and accepted. We're afraid to be vulnerable. We're hiding sadness and depression. And then sometimes we put on a persona that's bigger than us, right? That we express or want to show our confidence or show that we're in charge. And I used to live near a neighbor, and her husband was one of those who had a persona that he put on. He was a big man, and he had a big voice, and he had a big truck, and <laughs> he, was, he was intimidating. It was intimidating to be around him. And he always made it known that he was in charge by his voice. And one day she told me that he was up for a promotion, and he turned it down. And I said, why, why would he turn it down? And she said, he has so much anxiety. He has performance anxiety. And in that moment, I realized that big persona was hiding. It was covering up that vulnerability. It was covering up that anxiety. He couldn't show it to the world, so he expressed himself in a big way. It really made me understand and have some compassion as well. Because instead of letting people in, he pushed them away with his behavior. So we have to pay attention to that. The second one is light is to be revealed, not concealed. It's exhausting to be what you are not. And that takes a toll on us when we're we're trying to be something that we're not. And even though we feel safe behind our made-up mask, after a while, it's not, just not comfortable. We just don't, don't get to be ourselves. That we lose connections, and we don't go deep with our connections because of our hiding. And I, I did what my neighbor's husband did, uh, there was a time when I was just getting out of a 10-year relationship, and I would wake up in the morning weepy and sad, and I would, like, gear myself up for the day. Anybody else ever do this? You gear yourself up for the day, and I was like, okay, just... Put on, a, put on a smile, put on your face, and just pretend that you're fine. And at lunchtime, I would go sit in my car and cry because I didn't want to show anybody. I see a lot of heads nodding. <laughs> so we've all been there. We've all been there where we're afraid to let ourselves just be. Don't I'm going to get to the place where we have a solution, so stay with me, <laughs> stay with me. The risk we face is there, it is reaction. So the number one issue we worry about is what other people think. And I work a lot with women, and that's one of the number one things when I ask people, what keeps you from moving ahead or whatever? I'm afraid of what people will think of me. And so we're afraid, what are they going to say about me? And because we live in a, an environment that's very judgmental, right? 
And so we judge each other, we evaluate each other. So we're afraid of that. Yeah, in my book, Authentic Spirituality, I share a story of when I was a teenager and I was wearing braces. And back then, they weren't the nice braces now that you have where you can hardly see them. They were the big, ugly metal ones, right? Anyone have those? With the rubber bands, with the rubber bands, and then whatever you ate showed up on your braces. It was just, it was not fun. It was not fun. But I remember this, I had a new friend, and I remember saying to her, I don't remember what I did last week, but I remember this thing that I said to her. And I said, you'll probably like me better next week because I'm getting my braces off. So I believed that I was somehow offensive to people with my braces, and they would like me better with them gone. So it's like all those all those ways that we've learned to believe about ourselves and what we think. So here's what um, Brene Brown says. And if you want her, a synopsis of this book, I suggest reading the book, but if you want a synopsis of the book, watch her TED Talk on vulnerability. Absolutely, she's got, I don't know, six million views or something. Watch that TED Talk because she covers everything and the stories she tells are amazing of what, what she had to go through in, in researching vulnerability. But here's what she talks about wholehearted living. Wholehearted living is about engaging in our lives from a place of worthiness. It means cultivating the courage, compassion, and connection to wake up in the morning and think, no matter what gets done and how much is left undone, I am enough. Let, repeat after me. No matter what gets done and how much is left undone, I am enough. That's what we want to do is that wholehearted is that we accept ourselves right where we are. And we're not, because if I wake up already thinking I'm not enough, I've already started the day at a disadvantage, right? I started the day in a negative. So the three tools, she says, the three things for us to embrace are courage, compassion, and connection. And so when we develop courage, in order to be our authentic self, we want to develop courage. And courage requires us to let go of what other people think, right? It's, uh, the word is from the Latin core. Original, it originally meant to speak one's mind by telling one's heart. And that got shifted over the years to mean someone, something to do with being heroic. And we certainly need heroes. And we're kind of heroes when we can just be ourselves, right? So she says, ordinary courage is about putting our vulnerability on the line. In today's world, that's pretty extraordinary. And I thought about it, when we do this work, we are very courageous. 
when you take the, a class, that roots class or any class, you take that class and you've, you're, you're expressing courage because you're willing to learn about yourself. You're willing to unpack all those old beliefs that are keeping you limited. So that's what, that's what the classes do for us. That's what you showing up on Sunday, you volunteering, all those things take courage and you're allowing yourself, you're expressing yourself more and expressing that courage to be who you are. The second one is compassion. And the heart of compassion is really acceptance. The more we accept ourselves and others, the more compassionate we become, right? Because if I can look at my limitations, if I can look at my old beliefs, I have compassion for myself, and then I, then I see my neighbor's husband, and I go, oh, I understand what he's going through. I understand what this person is going through. We have a better understanding of what's happening in the world. Uh, Pema Chodron says in her book, Places That Scare You, when we practice generating compassion, we can expect to experience the fear of our pain. When we practice generate, generating compassion, we can expect to experience the fear of our pain. Compassion practices daring. It involves learning to relax and allow ourselves to move gently toward what scares us. To move gently towards what scares us. And she goes on to say, Brene says, compassion is not between a relationship between the healer and the wounded. It's a relationship between equals. One is not better than the other, that we're just feeling each other. We're recognizing our shared humanity. And so what happens when we look at compassion, we notice shame and guilt. The two biggest things, Brene says, that keep us separate are shame and guilt. And shame is I am bad. And guilt is I did something bad. And so when we can recognize those and begin to work with those, we begin to release them. Shame is about fear, and it keeps us stuck. But as we uncover that shame, we have compassion for ourselves, right? We see how we got to make that decision. We see how, why we began to feel that. And so the third point, courage, compassion, is connection. And connection, Brene defines connection as the energy that exists between people when they feel seen, heard, and valued. We all want to be seen, heard, and valued. And so when we can be with another without judgment and just accepting, we feel that place of connection. So in technology, we're really confused right now with technology because technology has confused being communicative with connection, right? Technology allows us to communicate. We think we have a connection, but we don't. We're just communicating over airwaves, not even connecting in person or 
uh, by voice, but over the airwaves. So we think we've made a connection, but we're just communicating. And so without spending more time being face-to-face -face with people, we've lost that connection. How many times have you walked into a restaurant uh, and seen two parents on their phones and two kids playing video games? There's no connection there. They're just there. Why not just stay home and do that? You know, they, that, that we forget. We forget. I like the practice of going to lunch and everybody putting their phone on the face down on the table. Just like, let it go. Just put it down and let it go. When we think about connection, it's letting go of that belief in self-sufficiency. She says that it's, we've actually created a barrier because we think we have to be self-sufficient. I can do this alone. Any do-it-aloners here? I can do it alone. And we haven't opened up to allow others in. We all like to help, but we don't always ask. It's a practice to ask. She says, until we can receive with an open heart, we are never really giving with an open heart. When we attach judgment to receiving, we knowingly or unknowingly attach judgment to giving help. And when we do that, we lose that connection for community. And so there's something happening right now in our country. And there are almost 400 bills waiting to become laws that restrict freedom, health, education for the LGBTQ community. That these are about to, to be voted on for, for laws, and seven of those are in Oregon alone. I know, we, Oregon is so progressive. Yeah, apparently not. That we have seven alone. Can you imagine what it would be like to be restricted because of who you are? And so this is an opportunity, if you want to, please educate yourself. Go to the ACLU website, look up Oregon, um, call your legislators and do what you can. But it makes a difference. Ernest Holmes says, whoever you are, be proud. You are a, a divine idea in the mind of God. You are a divine idea in the mind of God. So a wholehearted journey is not the path of least resistance. It's a path of consciousness and choice. It's us paying attention, our willingness to tell our stories, our willingness to feel the pain of others, to feel, to look to be connected in a disconnected world. That living a wholehearted life is, is looking at it all together. And so let's affirm together, I am a divine idea in the mind of God. I am a divine idea. I have the courage to be vulnerable. I let my light shine. And so let's take this into prayer. 
And so how grateful I am to be in this sacred center of love, to feel this love, this connection, courage, and compassion, knowing that each of us is a divine idea in the mind of God. We're in the right place at the right time, and our soul is here to receive and to give and to express. And how grateful I am for this knowingness for this revelation, for this divine expression, how grateful I am. I know each one of us is lifted up in love this day, that whatever it is we need for our greatest good is revealed easily and effortlessly. And we know that all beings in all places are free, that they are loved, that they are one with the divine. And so I'm so grateful for this. As we go forward, we take this good with us. And so with all that, I release this word, and together we affirm. And so it is. Blessings. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. Our inspirational service is at 11 a.m. every Sunday. We also have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the online tab. We have a variety of content dedicated specifically for our podcast listeners. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at cslportland.org slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are in your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.